0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and
1: welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, March 23rd, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And. Once again, we're dealing with the reality of the coronavirus crisis that has really turned our world upside down. And, uh, you know, this is an event that I think is going to be in, in our psyche for many, many years, you know, even even if we get back to somewhat normal life in the next couple of months, which I think is still unlikely. uh this is something that's going to affect our global psyche for many years. There'll be very, various changes that come down the pipeline in preparedness, as well as uh, probably changes to our medical system. And this has been unprecedented, and the drop in the markets been, has been unprecedented as well. The market highs were just on February 18th. You're talking five-ish weeks ago. And since then, we've seen immense volatility, big drops in the market, dislocation. Uh, And and I want to really address the dislocation in the markets and what caused it. And this this harpens back to the financial crisis. See, in 2008, or I guess 2009, post-financial crisis, we had the Dodd-Frank Act. And um, what happened was is that regulation changed around, banks and what they could and could not do. And it forced banks to improve their balance sheets, but also reduce the risky activities that they were able to take. Now, what that did was it pushed a lot of the risky strategies off into what we call the non-bank market, the shadow finance market, into private equity firms. As well as hedge funds and the like, and that's where a lot of the leverage was taking is taking place in the market. It was taking place in the market. You know, it wasn't for your investment banks. There were no Lehman leveraged forty to one like Lehman was, right? These are smaller institutions that have been taking a lot of the risk. You know, risk parity funds and just leveraged finance. You know. Uh, LBOs, leveraged uh, leverage buyouts, were financed by a lot of these non-banks. And on top of that, you have your large institutions who were no longer allowed to make markets in stocks and as well in bonds, for example. Bonds tend to be historically a lot less liquid than stocks. And there have been even more so in the past 10 years. Now, most people are investing in them via ETFs, mutual funds, nowadays. So we haven't really been tested. That market hasn't been tested. Well, now it has. And it's decidedly failed, where a lot of bonds are being mispriced. Everything's, everyone's trying to sell what they can. There's not that natural intermediary like there was before, right, where banks would step in. When there was some sort of maybe a liquidity event, and they would buy assets, corporate bonds, at depressed prices. So now we have a corporate bond market that was ten trillion or two trillion before the crisis. Now it's seven trillion, and there's not that next uh, buyer out there naturally, especially in times of crisis. That is why the Fed has stepped up and they're talking about buying corporate debt. Now, I didn't think they had the ability, but it looks like Congress is giving them the authority to do so. And so this is kind of the market that we're in. That's why we had sh- a big drop. is because there were a lot of strategies that were developed based on the Fed put. The Fed was always going to come in and solve the problem, the next problem. And... They would do that with money printing liquidity QE and that would inflate an asset price. They'd, they'd plug the hole, right? The asset hole that was declining at that particular time. And that was always the belief. Well, we have now hit a bump, a significant economic bump that the Fed cannot control. And that was kind of out of left field. And that's why it went so quickly. It was a confluence of factors. And I think it's going to change the investment psyche forever. Now, I don't think we're at that that point where people are sufficiently freaked out about their account. It's, you know, market's back to where it was just a few years ago. It isn't back to 08 lows. Well, Morgan Stanley came out. They said we're likely to see a 30% drop in GDP in the second quarter. 30. Want well, I know what it was in the Depression. 25%. Now, obviously, that was over a full year. But that's the level of decline in economic activity that we're facing here. And the big question is how do you combat it? How does government combat it? How does the Federal Reserve combat it? and they've been unable to at this time. So going forward, what strategies are you going to deploy in order to protect your portfolio, but also take advantage of the opportunities? Because there are opportunities out there. There are companies that will benefit from the shift in our economy, in the psyche of individuals, and the habits that will change you got working from home, eating in versus eating out, traveling less. These are all factors that are going to hurt a lot, but they'll help some. Companies with bad balance sheets, they're going to suffer in an environment where economic activity is depressed. But once again, every market has its opportunity, and that's what we're here to talk about today. I'm Justin Klein, and I hope you'll call me in this hour and through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast. I can help you become a better investor. Our goal here is to help give you unbiased guidance. We only recommend strategies that we implement for ourselves. We call it parallel investing. So I want to hear from you. Eight eight nine nine chart 8992-4278. How you get through and ask your question on today's show, and we can help you individually take that next step in your path towards financial freedom. Now, I want to remind you, our KC Financial in-person portfolio reviews are coming up. Steve is looking forward to traveling to Houston and Chicago this month. Hopefully, that happens. Uh, We're we're counting on it right now, but you never know. Could have a domestic travel ban. And these are no-cost, no-obligation portfolio review consultations, so if you want to Get on the docket if, uh, if it actually comes to fruition, which I think it will, but, you know, you never know. We're watching the news. But if you want to learn more and register now, you can go to investtalk.com. Have listen to investtalk? Actually, no. My main talking point today concerns the story of how the coronavirus is threatening the housing market. So, what's inner workings in the housing market? Why mortgage rates remain elevated from where they should be in relation to where the 10-year treasury is? So we're going to check in with a mortgage firm CEO. says, lenders must prepare now for a U.S. recession. So we're going to talk about that. Also, we have a tax day deadline extension. What does that mean for maybe you individually, as well as some tax-related deadlines, and do they get pushed back? Also, I really want to touch on fees, investment fees, indexing, and kind of what I've been talking about for many years now, indexing bubble, as well as too much focus on underlying fees not the end all be all and i really want to get to that and then lastly zill and redfin are pausing buying and what does that mean for the housing market on that end as well so that's what i want to talk about 8 899 chart eight nine nine two four two seven eight how you get through and ask your question on today's show uh, the market was down decent today not a not, you know you tune a little over two percent on the s&p typically you'd say that's a bad day but in this market that's not a terrible day, and I guess that's somewhat of a win. And what's even more telling to me that we're likely to see a bounce in in market soon is small caps. Small caps were down about one and a quarter percent, or the SP was down almost three percent. The Q's were only down about a quarter percent. Small cap growth side of the market was actually positive for the day. So you're starting to see those risky areas, of the market getting a little bit of a bid, or at least outperforming. Uh, you, you get the support zone uh, that we've hit in a lot of markets. And it just looks like we are ready for it. at least a bounce. It could be a strong one, but it's a bear market bounce. And those are bounces to sell. But once again, there's lots of opportunities. You're listening to In-Def Talk. I'm Justin Klein. If you're a serious investor and you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you have prepared for market volatility like this. So one way we do that is through phone calls, Skype calls. We do these every day with our listeners on Invest Talk to go over their portfolio and help them develop strategies. So if you want to set up a Skype call, they're very informative, very useful when we do get those going to our listeners. So you can sign up, just go to InvestTalk.com and click on Portfolio Review and fill out the whole Portfolio Review Consultation questionnaire. Yeah, there's no reason to postpone phone. These no-cost Portfolio Review Consultations, just simply go to InvestTalk.com. I now am taking your questions live at 888 99 Chart.
2: You are listening to Invest Talk. The health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Justin Klein is here, ready to provide his unbiased investment guidance, and the phone lines are open. 888 99 Chart.
1: Let's go to Noel in Napa. Let's talk about Ford. You looking to buy it, or do you own it? Uh,
3: no, yes, just I need a, an attitude adjustment, a kick in the pants. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I have a big position in Ford, and if I would have listened to you uh, gentlemen uh, a couple of years ago, I probably wouldn't have bought it, I'm sure. Uh, but I have it, and now it's a penny stock. I've lost 60%. It's uh, and the dividend is gone, as you know. So uh, that was kind of the reason I bought it. I guess initially a dividend play. Uh, so my thinking is uh, to to sell it, maybe try to get four dollars a share for it if I could, and uh, put it into uh, something that's likely to to move up. The, the chances of Ford coming back or a, a long long. We'll need, and uh, I think I'd be better off taking the loss and putting it in something like BGS or uh, AT&T. Um, what are your thoughts? I needed some motivation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, it looks to me, I mean, there could always be a bailout, right? It, it, Ford is a big employer, uh, but it's a car company, it has high fixed costs. You, you have uh, the United Auto Workers that you have to deal with. And if unemployment does rise to what some could say 30%, there's no chance that Ford stays in business uh, without without a bailout. And most bailouts wipe out equity holders as well, even if there is a bailout, right? Um, so I think Ford is, is going to go bankrupt. The, the, the bond market is telling us that near-term yields are in the 20% range for Ford, 25% yield the worst on, uh, 2021 bonds, so it's telling me that bankruptcy is in the cards for Ford. You never know. There could be a bailout that saves shareholders, but I think that's unlikely, and I would get out of Ford, absolutely, and move on to something that has a better balance sheet, and even if the dividend's not huge, has a sustainable dividend, and clearly Ford did not. Let's go to Sid, in, do we have time for six? No, I don't think we have time for Sid. We're going to go to a break real quick. Sid, we'll get to you right after this break. Now, this is a mess talk. And I understand that many of you might feel an urgent need to get your portfolio in shape. That's normal, especially in times like this. Please feel free to reach out to myself or Steve at our K2P Financial Office in Irvine, California. Set up a call, Skype call, and really go over your portfolio and put you in the right place for this market. Give me a call right now at eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart
4: With the recent events surrounding the coronavirus, now more than ever people are staying at home and getting away from their exercise routine. Gyms are closing, people are stuck inside, and tightness and stiffness are afflicting us all. This is the perfect time to focus on personal health and wellness, which is an industry on the rise. Recently, I have discovered this great product to reduce my pain and stiffness caused by sitting too long at my desk doing research. The product has 13 all-natural ingredients and is sold in hundreds of doctors' offices, pharmacies, retail chains, gyms, and spas throughout the country. This muscle rub, made by Quanta, a publicly traded applied science company, has patented technology proven to supercharge key ingredients and make them perform five times more effectively within the human body. It is optimized to drastically reduce both pain and inflammation naturally. I know this sounds too good to be true, but they have the white paper to prove it. I use their various health and wellness products every day for a host of different benefits. Additionally, for a limited time, listeners of InvestDoc can receive promotional discount pricing at buyquanta.com. Use the promo code INVEST to save 20% on your first order. In fact, Quanta is so confident you'll be pleased with their products, they actually offer a money-back guarantee if you aren't satisfied with the results. Again, simply use the code INVEST to save 20% at buyquanta.com. B U Y Q U A N T A.com.
2: This is Invest Talk. The coronavirus crisis has caused many changes, but for now, Steve Peasley is still planning to visit Houston on April 17th and Chicago on April 20th to provide personalized no-cost, and no-obligation portfolio review consultations. You can learn more and register now at investtalk.com.
1: Let's go to Sid
3: in Los Angeles. He's looking at Halliburton. Hey, Hey, uh, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Quick question. I wanted to get your thoughts on Halliburton. I've had this position for a long time few years now, and it's almost 90% down, Um, Mm. so I wanted to get your thoughts, should I buy more at this level and try and dollar cost average, or just get out and look for some quality company?
1: Well, this is a company that is pretty leveraged, they have about $10 billion of long-term debt on the balance sheet, about a $4.7 billion market cap, but they did do free cash the last quarter it's about $827 million. Now, certainly, that's going to go down pretty dramatically, uh, especially uh, with oil this low. But I do think there is some, some value here if they can manage their way through this and, and remain uh, a viable business. And, and them and Schlumberger are probably the top two oil service companies in the marketplace today. So if you're looking for those that, that high, higher-quality names in the oil space, This is one you, you probably want to go with, right? This is the type of company you want to go with if you're looking for bargains in the oil space. Uh, now it's certainly still some bankruptcy risk, especially if oil stays depressed for this long. If Saudi Arabia and Russia continue to fight it out with a, a a market share war, that absolutely can be, can be the case. Uh, now their bonds are rated about A minus by one, uh, in what, I think it's by S&P, uh, triple B by Fitch the Fed is going to likely go in there and buy these type of bonds, so that certainly should, should, should help. But the bonds are depressed. They're at about 65 to $0.73 cents on the dollar. That's the bid-ask spread, uh, which puts it in potential bankruptcy territory, uh, which is crazy to think so. But you're likely to get a large rally in the stock if there's a large rally in the bonds as well, backed by the Federal Reserve. So that's the play I would... If, if I'm buying this or owning this, it's that recovery, that, that potential recovery based on the Fed coming in and supporting their debt and not allowing them to go bankrupt, right, to, to let them muddle through. So that's really what you're banking on here um, because their business is obviously going to be depressed, and the market right now is pricing in some pretty bad numbers. So, um, you know, you already lost a lot. Uh, I would have a tight stop on the lows from last week. So that's the way I would play it. Thanks for the call, Sid. Now, the stock market remains volatile, even as we're talking about drastic federal government action to stabilize financial markets. You're talking about the Fed as well as Congress. They haven't officially passed the bill, but they'll pass it. You know, we know this, this is going to happen. Uh, this is very similar to the financial crisis 2008. They, they played partisanship back then. And you know, it's even worse today. And so they're likely to fight this out, and battle this out. And one of the, I think, potential crosshairs of this will be computerized program trading. And that can push the market dramatically up and down based on headlines and momentum. So I think that's going to crosshairs as well. What is the role that these traders have played? Now, this stay-in-place order for a lot of the countries, social distancing directives this is reducing demand dramatically. Visa, Mastercard is a good indicator of that, right? And one of the Fed governors has stated he thinks that unemployment will hit 30% before the crisis is over, which would be depression-era economic activity. Now, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin says the current lack of economic activity situation could go on for 10 weeks or more. And what I'm going to tell you is while that sounds really bad, it's probably going to be worse than that, right? 10 weeks is not that long a time. We're in the middle of a pandemic and we need to build herd immunity as a globe. One thing people I don't think are talking about enough is Africa, India, third world countries. Go look at a map, uh, go look at the John Hopkins map of the world of you know where cases are, Congregating. And what you'll notice is that there's a lot of red, I mean, infections, in the developed world, but very few in the developing world. Now, you really think that's because there isn't? You really think it's because there aren't cases in the developing world? There's going to be a lot more deaths, a lot more illnesses in those. Parts of the world than here. They can't lock people down. They 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 can't. They don't have cupboards full of food and running water, right? Think of India living in slums. They have to go get their water. And you think that water is going to be free of pathogens and the coronavirus? You're crazy. So I don't think that that's one topic. I don't think people are discussing enough, and needs more relief from for there as well. And that's why. The kind of the shutting down of the economy, I don't know. Is it worth it? I'm still trying to decipher that. Is it really worth it? Are the side effects of the economic collapse worth it? We'll talk about that. Now, next in best talk, this warning from the prominent real estate billionaire, the U.S. commercial mortgage market is on the brink of collapse. According to him, banks and the government can't don't take prompt action; they will keep borrowers from defaulting. A domino effect of economic consequences could occur. A story tomorrow. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions at eight 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 ninety nine chart.
2: At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities: the chance to learn better ways of doing things, the prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP financial consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. Hi, Stephen and Justin.
3: This is John from Pennsylvania.
1: I'm calling with a question about Exxon, uh, X-O-M. Now, I know both of you are very high on this, but I'm just wondering, every single time i pull them up, I can't get past looking at how much debt that they have. And I know typically you both are against companies with a lot of debt, but I'm just wondering why in this case we're kind of looking past that. Maybe it's just the fact that they're a big name, oil's obviously very low right now, or maybe debt isn't as big of a factor for this sector, but I'm just wondering if you could help answer why we're so high on Exxon at the current time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Great question, and you're right. Exxon does have a good amount of debt, about $45 billion in uh, long-term debt on their balance sheet, but it has nothing to do with the sector, because actually this is a sector where you want companies with, uh, with a relatively low amount of debt, but the key word there is relative. Exxon's cash from operations that we've in 12 months is close to $30 billion. So you have large amounts of cash flow for their business, uh, and their revenue trailing 12 months is $255 billion. Even trailing 12 months is $40 billion. So while, yes, $45 billion is a lot of money in debt, that's small compared to the, complete, the total size of their their business. Uh, and Exxon, because they've been around so long, you know, they they have assets that have been around for decades that they can produce oil, natural gas for a fraction of what a lot of their competitors can. And so, even in a low price environment for oil, they're still able to you know make adjustments and stay in business and uh, make some sort of a profit. Now, will they cut their dividend? I could see them doing that. But uh, I I don't think that this is something that's going to go bankrupt or anything like that. I think they'll be able to work their way through it. In fact, they'll probably come out even stronger on the other end because there's a lot of bankruptcies that will take place from weaker names that they'll be able to buy up their assets and be better once oil does finally recover. So uh, that's why we like Exxon. And if you're looking in the oil space now, stick with big boys. There's no reason to go after these risky, small names uh, that, you know, have marginal balance sheets and uh, marginal relationships with lenders and, and borrowers so that they can muddle through this, right? Uh, and so the, the, the big names are cheap enough to pick up, <laughs> very cheap still. So uh, you want to be looking at the big names, not the small names. Thanks, McCall. Good question. Let's touch briefly on our main talking point, which is around the housing market and the interesting phenomenon,
3: not phenomenon,
1: but uh, situation that we're in with mortgage rates that the 30-year is now at 3.44%. Now, that is down about 19 basis points from Friday, which means that the situation is getting better, but still, the 10-year is at... 0.76% and typically you get mortgage rates about 180 to 190 basis points above the 10 year treasury rate which would put us somewhere in the two and a half to two and three quarters area on the 30 year mortgage rate if we were in normal times, but we're not. So we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 175, sorry, 275 basis points above the 10 year treasury which is abnormal. And the reason is because most mortgages are originated by what are called housing specialty lenders. And what they do is they originate the loans and then sell them to other entities such as Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae and maybe actual real banks, right? Commercial banks. And these other entities pay... The non-banks, these housing specialty lenders, a fee to service the loan. You know, collect payments, send out statements, things like that. And the lifetime value of that fee, right? We're saying, hey, here's this loan. I'm likely going to collect on this loan for X number of years. And even it's not a 30-year mortgage, it's it's typically valued less than that because there could be refinancing, right? On average, and this is known as mortgage servicing rights. And they use this future value as collateral to borrow money. Well, if there may be defaults on these loans, suddenly those mortgage servicing rights go down in value dramatically. So this is where you're getting issues here. It's a lot of these non-banks, these housing service housing specialty lenders, excuse me, are a little worried. Are they going to be able to get the financing that they normally get from their warehouse lenders, which are usually large financial institutions? Your J.P. Morgans of the world, your Bank of America's of the world, your Citigroups of the world. And that's the big worry is who's pulling back? Is it the non-banks or is it the banks? Either way, the funding in that market is not where it was just a month or two ago. Now, the next question is, what about modification programs? I think you're going to see a resurgence in that, of new programs that come out. Because, once again, these banks don't want to hold on to your home. So, the layoffs have already hit... Ports, travel agencies, you know, in many industries, as we know, that are relied on to service these mortgages. And so, mispayments are going to start to rack up, I think, rather quickly. So, that's what's happening in this market, in the housing market. And the housing market, has you're going to see huge weakness in the back half of the year. Remember, housing market is very slow. takes 6, 30, 60, 90, 120 days to unload a property. I'm already talking to people I know who are seeing weakness in the, in the industry. So if you're looking to buy a house, be very patient. As you probably noticed, Steve and I do our very best to send in as many questions as possible, so let's do that right now. It came in earlier on the anytime listener line at eight 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 nine nine eight ninety nine chart Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Dharma here from Fremont. Uh, I've got a question regarding uh, mortgage refinancing. I bought a uh, house and took a loan, a mortgage loan last year. Wanted to know, is it good time to do
2: a refinancing now, or should I wait for some more time? Because I just realized, though, there was a overall drop, I I think the mortgage loan, that is a spike today.
1: So wanted to hear a suggestion from you. Any help on this is much appreciated. Thank you. Well, the answer is yes. If you can get a, a, a loan 50 to 75 basis points below where you borrow, it definitely makes sense, especially if you're going to stay in the house for an extended period of time. And on top of that, that's another point I wanted to make. I think we're very, very, very close to a generational low in interest rates. And I think a lot of this has to do with the amount of def- the deficit that we're about to create. Right? They're talking about spending trillion and a half, two trillion dollars on a stimulus package on top of a deficit that I was already trending towards north of a trillion and then you're talking about an economic downturn as dramatic as '08 or worse. You're talking about a $6, 7000000000000 trillion deficit pretty quickly. And that turns into currency crisis, uh, just a finance crisis in our country with our treasury. Our, how are we going to finance that? Who's going to finance that? Foreign governments have been refinancing it for the last few years. It's been our commercial banks. We've had the balance sheet for that, right? So if you can refinance, I would do it sooner or later because I do think we're near generational lows in interest rates. Let's go to Sid in Georgia looking at Johnson & Johnson.
3: Hey, Justin. Just wondering if Johnson & Johnson as well as Kimberly Clark are uh, good stocks amid this crisis based on what they do as well, and uh, if they're at a good value right now. Okay.
1: Johnson & Johnson, that has taken a pretty decent hit from 155 all the way down to 111. Let me look at the chart here. You have hit the 100-month moving average on Johnson & Johnson, so I think this is pretty good support here. It yields about 3.4%. Uh, I like that. Their business is still going to have some cyclicality to it because uh, they're pretty diversified. However, you know, it's in the medical space, not a fast grower. But I do think it is a pretty good value here uh, at these levels. And technically, there's a lot of support as well. So I, I like Johnson & Johnson here. I don't love it yet, but I like it uh, at these levels. You're, you're, like I said, you near a lot of support. Where I would buy it hand over fist is around $88. Um, but you're at a 111 now. So it's a good value, not a great value. Thanks for the call, Sid. I'm Justin Klein. This is Talk, and you are in good company. We're down download statistics, or at least our podcast hosting service does. And we know that January and February, we passed one and a half, or one one half of a million, so 500,000 in consecutive months, and March, we are, are, we're almost past February already, and we're in the 23rd. So we're likely to pass 700,000 downloads this month. So, Steve and I, thank you for that. And please, please be sure to tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk and our website, InvestTalk.com. We have a number of resources there to help you build a solid financial future. And if you're unsure where to start, I suggest you take our Risk-Wise Risk Questionnaire, help you to find your own investment comfort zone. And especially in times like this, sure, many of you have gotten out of that comfort zone or at least felt like you were out of that comfort zone. And, of course, you can call our KCP Financial Offices in Irvine, California. And we will help you out there. But for now, our phone lines are open at 888-99-CHARTS.
2: In times of market volatility, your awareness of the need to properly balance your portfolio's asset allocations is undoubtedly increasing. If you live in Houston or Chicago, you will soon have an opportunity to meet in person with Steve Peasley. That's right. Steve is offering his no-cost and no-obligation portfolio reviews in Houston, Texas on April 17th and in Chicago, Illinois, on April 20th. Availability is limited, so don't delay. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. The Anytime Listener Lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions now. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: 99 chart 888-992-4278. We have ten minutes left in the show, so if you're going to call, you want to do it right now. Let's talk a little about this tax day postponement by three months, and we've got millions of taxpayers now are able to pay not on April fifteenth, but July fifteenth. So it's been pushed back by three months, and this guidance. Also, likely applies to your retirement accounts: Roth IRAs, HSAs, SEP IRAs, Roth IRAs, etc. Regular IRAs. So you'll be able to make your contribution for 2019 before or before July 15th, as opposed to April 15th. So that's a good one. Now, that hasn't been explicitly said, but it's kind of been implied. So that's certainly good. Now, the government reduced and eliminated R&Ds back in 2009, but there has not been any guidance on that yet. So we'll keep an eye on that. So there may be a deferral on that saying you don't have to take your R&Ds for 2020, but something to uh, keep an eye on. Also, grace period for quarterly estimated tax payments for individuals, That's also being pushed back as well. So if you were going to, if you had a deadline by April fifteenth, that is pushed for the for the the, uh, uh, first quarter. That has been pushed back until July fifteenth. But your second quarter estimated taxes, which typically are due due on June fifteenth, that still remains the same. And your sixty day limit for IRA rollovers, that remains the same. That has not changed. So. Few changes, nothing too dramatic, but a uh, few things have been pushed back by 90 days, which I think will help a whole lot of us, which is which is good. 88.99 chart, 88.9924270. I want to talk quickly about indexing and fees, and know I've been kind of railing against the overused mantra of just find the lowest fee, just find the lowest fee, just index, just buy the S and P. Well, what that has done is pushed everybody into the same trade uh, and everyone's feeling the same pain. And while fees are certainly one factor, what a lot of people don't understand is that there's no such thing as risk-free stock investing. Just because you're indexing doesn't mean you're not taking risks and you're finally, people are finally feeling that. Okay, this is what normal... Now I don't want to say this isn't a normal market, I'll tell you that. But this is what normal... Levels of loss are in equity. 30% drop before constant Fed intervention and the Fed put are not unusual. Now, this has been faster than most, but a 30% drop is not unusual. So this kind of hammers that home that it's not only about fees. It's about strategy and risk management, and that is most important. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And we're going to our last break, and our work continues right after that break. So get your questions in now at 888 99 Charts.
2: On the next Invest Talk, a noted real estate billionaire's opinion says the U.S. commercial mortgage market is on the brink of collapse. Why does he say this, and could he be right? That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here. He's ready for your questions. Call Justin, 888-99-CHART.
1: Go to Rob and Stanley Andrew. You want to talk about commodities?
3: Yeah, Justin, two quick questions. The commodity prices have really tumbled in the last couple of weeks. Uh, along with everything
1: else. But the premiums to actually buy those commodities, specifically gold and silver, is astronomical.
3: It's like... Uh, it's Anyway, it's way too high. I want to know why. And then the last part of the question is, do you feel, in your opinion, that the miners will reach their monthly highs that they had in February later
1: this year? Uh, the answer is yes. When you say commodities, uh, I'm assuming you're talking about... Precious metals, gold and silver. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. There is a huge disconnect between the physical price of gold and the premiums that are being uh, charged in the physical market versus the paper market, which would be uh, you know on the stock exchange. And a lot of that has to do with once again liquidity conditions and a lot of funds that were overlevered that are being forced to deleverage. And they're just having to sell whatever they can sell. Uh, and that has pushed down GLD uh, a little bit, as well as a lot of the gold miners, because those are things that just they can sell at reasonable prices. So, uh, and which to me is, makes a fantastic buying option, because we all know that eventually, once that liquidity kind of comes back to some degree, those prices are going to correct themselves and likely to the upside. So uh, to me, I just see it as a a big buying opportunity in the precious metal space. Now, commodities in general, that's a little bit different story. You know, you're talking about lumping in copper and oil and natural gas and the grains, right? And they all have their different supply demand dynamics. So uh, you definitely need to separate out the precious metals from, kind of the rest of the commodity space. Does that make sense, Rob?
3: Yes, it does. You, you, you answered my question. Thank you, Justin, very much.
1: No, nope. thanks for the call. Great great question. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a crazy market, very interesting market, definitely the most unique situation of, of my career, uh, not only on the health front and us as a society, you know, and it does worry me. Uh, you know, I don't think we can shut down the economy for a year and maintain a semblance of a civilized society. I just think the uh, economic backdrop would be too dire. Uh, I don't think people are going to sit at home for a year. I think too many people would be go crazy. Uh, I think there would think of a suicide rate that already is likely to increase because of this. What about? That side effect, right? Um, And then we're talking about people that maybe were on the brink of poverty, going into poverty because you know they were, and they might have been your cook at your local restaurant, or the busboy, or the the dishwasher, right? Those people weren't making much money before; they were barely getting by before. Now where are they? Right? They don't have a lot of discernible skills to, to get by. Right? They may be immigrants. They may come from a poor background. Uh, and where do they go from here? And you know, a week, two weeks, maybe a month, I think you can you can get by, but I don't know how I don't know how this really can work and I understand I was as you know I was on here talking about how serious this problem was well before most anyone was really taking it seriously so I clearly know the medical aspects of this and understand the dire nature of it and I don't have an answer I don't have an answer but I will tell you that this is going to be discussed more and more in the next week or two, and I could see a change in policy, maybe not dramatic, but at least a change in policy to try to get the economy back to some semblance of normalcy. Now, will that take us back to new eyes? Will that solve all the economic problems? No, but maybe it will keep our society whole. I'm Justin Klein. This includes another Best Talk program. We'll return on Thursday. DPs will host the program tomorrow. Please remember that you can access our free and Best Talk podcast downloads at iTunes through the Play
0: Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24 hour listener line at 888 99Chart.